We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game betting odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 13 of the Waiver Wire Rider podcast on Rotoviz Radio. I am your host, Zachary Kruger, and today we're going to take a look at players who you should consider adding ahead of your Week 15 fantasy football playoff matchups. These suggestions will be made based on PPR scoring, so be sure to adjust accordingly if you're playing in a different format. And as always, you can reach out to me with any questions you may have on Twitter at ZK underscore FFB. Now, let's go ahead and get into the show. The first position we're going to look at is going to be the quarterback position, and the first quarterback we're going to look at is San Francisco quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo, who is currently rostered in 30% of leagues. Last week in Week 14, the 49ers won 26-23 against the Cincinnati Bengals in Week 15. They get the Atlanta Falcons in that Week 14 win over the Bengals. Uh, Garoppolo completed 27 of 41 passes for 296 yards, two touchdowns, and no interceptions. He also rushed one time for three yards and finished the day with 20.14 fantasy points, which was good for the quarterback 12 overall. Now, we are heading into the part of the season that um, a lot of best ball drafters in particular were very excited about, which was the 49ers uh, fantasy football playoff schedule, which includes games against Atlanta, Tennessee, and then the Houston Texans. Now, when we were doing these best ball drafts and planning ahead for the season, and what we were doing was anticipating that Trey Lance would eventually become the quarterback starter in San Francisco and hopefully have a lot of really nice matchups against some of these defenses as a starter for San Francisco. But now it seems that Jimmy Garoppolo is pretty firmly entrenched as the 49ers quarterback barring injury. This season, Garoppolo has thrown for 2,937 yards, 17 touchdowns, and 8 interceptions. And while he hasn't been stellar this season, he has given us a few quarterback one weeks on the year, and he could be in line for a few more against some of these bad defenses. So, uh, 
Uh, if you were looking to stream quarterbacks, if you're trying to piece together uh, the next couple of weeks with a winning strategy in hopes of finding the right quarterback could get you there, I think that some of these matchups against Atlanta, Tennessee, and Houston all offer viable options for Garoppolo with maybe the first two against Atlanta and Tennessee being a little bit more favorable simply because those offenses are better. I could see the Falcons and the Titans both putting up some points on that 49ers defense, forcing Garoppolo to throw a little bit more. Uh, maybe not so much against the Houston Texans, but I do think that Garoppolo could be a streaming option over these next couple of weeks at the very least. And then against Houston, it may be more of a toss up, but I'd be doing about a two to 3% fab bid on him in these one quarterback leagues. Again, he hasn't been setting the world on fire. He hasn't been lighting up defenses, but Garoppolo has been good enough. And I think that there are weeks that exist where he can be a top 12 quarterback like he was this past week against the Bengals. The next quarterback we're going to take a look at is Davis Mills of the Houston Texans. He is currently rostering just 2% of leagues in week 14. He and the Texans lost 33 to 13 against the Seattle Seahawks. In week 15, they get to hit the road against the Jacksonville Jaguars. In that loss to the Seahawks, Mills completed 33 of 49 passes for 331 yards, one touchdown and no interception. He rushed two times for eight yards and finished the day with 18.04 fantasy points, which was good for the quarterback 15 overall. As it stands right now, it looks like Davis Mills will probably be the Houston Texans starter for the remainder of the season. There was even a rumor that floated around earlier that suggested that maybe he would be the quarterback heading into 2022 if he actually had a few solid weeks to close out the season. I'm not so sure how much I'm putting into that, but it is at least an interesting statement to be made by the Texans who do have multiple positions that they need to fill and address this offseason. So maybe the idea of Mills sticking around for the 2022 season isn't the most far-fetched thing. But in terms of this week, I'm putting Mills on this list strictly as a one-week quarterback option against the Jacksonville Jaguars. This season, Mills has thrown for 1,737 yards, eight touchdowns, and eight interceptions. He has also had one big game in particular in week five and a near upset over the Patriots where he threw for 312 yards and three touchdowns um, and finished as a, as a top 12 quarterback that week. So um, I don't love Davis Mills. Obviously, he plays for the Texans. They are not a very good team. I don't think he is a particularly good quarterback, but he has thrown for over 1,700 yards this season and has started just seven games. But on those seven games that he has played this season and started, he has thrown for over 300 yards in three of those games. So Davis Mills is definitely capable of putting up some yards and negative game script for a Texans team. I think in a game that may possibly be competitive in particular this week against the Jaguars, I think that Mills may be able to um, have a sneaky top 12 week here. The Jaguars are currently allowing the 17th most passing yards per game on the year at 241 and a half yards per game despite the fact that teams are only throwing 32.9 times per game against the Jaguars which ranks as the 24th most so even though teams are not throwing a lot against the Jaguars they are being efficient when doing so I think that Mills could perhaps sneak into a top 12 week in part because again the Jaguars are not that great he has been decent when getting a chance to play I think that he is in his mind maybe playing for a little bit of a role he's certainly playing for his first career win this week against the Jaguars and on top of that the Texans rush offense is not very good they're one of the worst rushing teams in the league I think it just makes more sense that the Texans are going to be throwing at a high rate against the Jaguars this this week um, coming up so I think he's an interesting streaming option at least for week 15 or maybe if you want to get a little bit crazy with some DFS lineups put Davis Mills in there and see what happens there but I'd be doing just like a one to two percent fab bid on Davis Mills you probably don't need to put out a whole lot to get him he's not been particularly great this year but I think he has a chance to be a top 12 quarterback in week 15 against the Jacksonville Jaguars.
Now we're going to take a look at the running back position, and the first running back we are going to look at is Seattle Seahawks running back Rashad Penny, who is currently rostered in 20% of leagues and coming off a Week 14 win over the Houston Texans on the road, 33-13. In Week 15, the Seahawks hit the road to take on division rival Los Angeles Rams, but in their win over the Texans, uh, Rashad Penny had 16 carries for 137 yards and two touchdowns, while also hauling in his lone target of the day for one yard. Uh, he finished the day with 26 points eight fantasy points which is good for the running back three overall and uh now i think that rashad penny looks like the guy who needs to be the starting running back for seattle until further notice he is a back who i think is a perfect fit right now for seattle in terms of they're looking to establish the run they don't have a lot of good backs on that roster their backs are older in particular uh adrian peterson and alex collins and in terms of this week's performance against the texans this was something that i kind of saw coming but i saw it coming later on in the week after i had recorded this podcast when I was doing my weekly Red Zone Report article, which you can find over at Rotoviz. Uh, but again, between Seattle's banged up backfield and the fact that uh, they have not just an injured backfield, but also an older backfield, I think that Rashad Penny is a player who could emerge over the next couple of weeks to potentially be a very good fantasy option. But then what kind of tipped my hand to that when doing my Red Zone Report article was the fact that Penny saw four Red Zone opportunities in Week 13, which was second to Adrian Peterson's five. Now in Week 14, Adrian Peterson was inactive. He's dealing with a little bit of an injury. We kind of saw that coming, but Penny's younger. He's definitely better and more explosive than Adrian Peterson at this point in time. I really don't see any reason that the Seahawks would go and undo what they did um, in week 14 against the Texans by suddenly relegating Penny back to a backup role. Alex Collins was healthy in this game. He did not see nearly the work that Penny did. I think that Penny has a chance to potentially be a decent player for these fantasy playoffs, even if it's just a volume-based player, based on what we know that the Seahawks like to do when it comes to wanting to run the football and do so at a high rate. So uh, Rashad Penny is a guy who I want to go in on for these fantasy playoffs. If you have any fab left, I'm probably just looking to bid 100%, take my shot, hope that this works out. In the next three weeks, the Seahawks get the Rams, the Bears, and the Lions. Penny was very good this week. We saw him have a great game against the Texans. Even though that's a bad team, he still had 17 total opportunities. That's very good. And I just don't see the Seahawks undoing um, that progress by now putting him back behind some of these older, banged up running backs. This is Rashad Penny's team. They have some high draft capital in him. They should give him a chance to see what he can do and whether or not there's even any future there with him. So I'm going all in with my remainder fab on Rashad Penny, just hoping that this is a correct move in the fantasy playoffs. And I'm dropping my 100% fab of whatever I have left on him in hopes that that works out. The next running back we're going to take a look at is Derek Gore of the Kansas City Chiefs. He is currently rostered in 2% of leagues. In week 14, Gore and the Chiefs just destroyed the Las Vegas Raiders by a score of 48-9 to in week 15. They hit the road to take on the Los Angeles Chargers, but in that win, Gore had nine carries for 66 yards and one touchdown, while also catching two of two targets for another 23 yards and finishing the day with 16.9 fantasy points, which was good for the running back 12 overall. It is worth pointing out that most of Gore's work came in garbage time, uh, as he is still certainly the Chiefs running back three behind Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Darrell Williams, but Gore has been solid and limited action for the Chiefs since kind of surprising us in week eight against the Giants when he took 11 carries for 48 yards and a touchdown uh, on the year Gore has rushed 29 times for 126 yards and two touchdowns while also catching all four of his targets for an additional 36 yards uh, when it comes to the Chiefs when it comes to Clyde edwards Lair, we know that Clyde edwards Lair has a little bit of an injury history in his brief year and a half in the league and I think that Gore right now for me is really just a speculative ad in the event that something were happening to Clyde edwards Lair, maybe he sees some work um, I think he still would have to overcome Darrell Williams in terms of the depth chart and still probably playing behind 
behind him if CEH were to go down. But when it comes to the fantasy playoffs, I'm trying to look for paths where I think a player who I like could potentially be successful. And I think that in a good offense, like the Chiefs, getting some of those pieces and stashing them on your team just in the event that something happens and goes your way, now you are adequately prepared for something to happen like that, where now you can slot this guy and you can play him. I'm not sure that Derek Gore is any kind of a league winner, but I think that if he were to ever be given a significant opportunity on any given week um, due to some unforeseen circumstances that maybe he has a chance to be a low-end top 24 running back um, and return some value for a lineup that is going to be looking for all the value you can get in terms of if your team is still in the fantasy playoffs. So I'd be doing about an 8 to 10% fab bid on Gore. Uh, again, he's just a player who I want to stash to see what happens. He did have a big week this week, so he, there could be other players who are also targeting him more aggressively with the same mindset. But if you can afford the roster spot, I would say that Derek Gore is a very interesting add, particularly also because Darrell Williams is probably already rostered in your league. So um, I would think that Gore would be the next best option in that backfield. And I think at the very least, he's an interesting stash. Again, if your team can afford to do so. Colm Kelly here, the executive producer of the Road of His Radio podcast network and co-host of the Road of His Overtime podcast, along with the phenomenal Sean Siegel. The wait is over, the NFL season is here, and there's no better time than the present to sign up for a Road of His NFL pass. You'll get access to all of our content, all of our tools, and everything you need to help you for that in-season success. As a loyal podcast listener, you can get yourself a 10% discount to a Road of His NFL pass just by adding the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. Go to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast for more information. Let's go get those championships. I hope you enjoy the podcast. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Now we're going to get into the wide receiver position, and the first wide receiver we're going to look at is Ravens wide receiver Rashad Bateman, who is currently rostered in 36% of leagues. In Week 14, Bateman and the Ravens lost at the Cleveland Browns 24-22. In Week 15, Bateman and the Ravens play host to the Green Bay Packers, but in that loss to the Browns, Bateman had 7 catches for 103 yards on 8 targets, finishing the date with 17.3 fantasy points, which was good for the wide receiver 18 overall. In this game against the Browns, Bateman had his best game of 
2021. Although it should be pointed out that it came in a game that the Ravens are trailing 24 to 6 at halftime. This means a lot of negative game script, but uh, nevertheless, we saw him produce with the targets that he received. It's something he's done for most of the season since he returned back to action in week six after missing the first five weeks of the season. But I think that Bateman is a player who could also find himself along with the rest of the Ravens as over the course of the fantasy football playoffs, they get games against the Green Bay Packers, the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, In the eight games that he has played in this season, Bateman has gone for double digit points in four of those games. He has not scored a touchdown yet, but he has been productive when given the chance to produce. And again, with this Ravens offense right now, I think that there's going to be a door that's going to open for Bateman to produce in the coming weeks. Uh, Lamar Jackson, he has a sprained ankle. We don't even know that he's necessarily going to be playing in this game against the Packers, although personally, I think I would expect to see him out there. But the Ravens are facing some tough teams. They're fighting for their playoff lives. Even if Lamar Jackson is playing banged up, they may need to end up throw a little bit more, which could also open the door for Bateman uh, to see some more work. In addition to that, the Ravens defense is not very good. They are very banged up. They're one of the most injured teams in the league in particular with Marcus Peters and um, Marlon Humphrey, both cornerbacks being done for the season. The Ravens are going to give up some points to good offenses. Bateman and the Ravens are probably going to be facing native game scripts, playing from behind, looking to throw just to keep up. So he is someone who I'm looking to add probably more as like a wide receiver four at this point in time. I think that his usage is still spotty from week to week and that it's difficult to uh, predict when a good Bateman week could be here. So he's someone who I would want to kind of pad the bottom of my starting lineup with if I can afford to do so as a wide receiver four. But I'd be looking to spend about five to eight percent fab on him depending on what you're currently working with and how your wide receiver core is looking. He is going to be available in a lot of your leagues. So if you're looking for someone to stash in games that could end up being some high scoring ones, I think Bateman is a very interesting option for the fantasy football playoffs. The next wide receiver we're going to look at is K.J. Osborne of the Minnesota Vikings, who is rostered in 38% of leagues. In Week 14, Osborne and the Vikings defeat the Pittsburgh Steelers 36-28. In Week 15, they hit the road to take on the Chicago Bears, but in that win over the Steelers, Osborne caught 3 of 9 targets for 83 yards and a touchdown, finishing with 17.3 fantasy points, which is good for the wide receiver 19 overall. Most of his points really did come on a deep touchdown pass late in the game. Otherwise, Osborne would have more or less had a day to forget. But I think that he's a player who we should still be looking to roll out perhaps as the mid-wide receiver three as long as Adam Thielen is out, which he was this past week against the Steelers and possibly could be out again this week against the Chicago Bears. A couple of weeks ago, really by that I mean the beginning of the season, everyone was all in in KJ Osborne. Uh, He started off the year with 34.7 fantasy points over the first two weeks, thanks in part to catching 12 passes for 160 six yards and a touchdown on 15 targets then he kind of fell back to earth which we sort of should have expected him to do um, he had just one double digit performance from weeks three to weeks 12 but then in weeks 13 and 14 he had 14.7 and 17.3 points respectively thanks in part to the ankle injury suffered by Adam Thielen who was dealing with a high ankle sprain um, we know that players do not come back quickly from high ankle injuries it's something that has cut some players out for far longer than expected so I don't think that it is inconceivable to think that Adam Thielen could miss at least one more game in particular week 15 against the Chicago Bears which if that's the case I think as long as Thielen is out that I think Osborne remains at the very least a mid to high end wide receiver three who always has a chance to kind of give you one of these um, double digit performances that results in a pretty good week maybe a top 24 week like we saw this week again he finishes a wide receiver 19 so uh, he's a player who can produce he's a player who has looked good when given the opportunities to again these last two weeks in particular he has seen those opportunities and he has done well with them so I'd be 
looking to go ahead and add Osborne uh, kind of as more of a priority add. I think at this point in time, I'd be doing about 12 to 15% fab bid on him because we know what he can be when Thielen is out. And I think that that could be a very valuable um, asset for these fantasy playoffs. So um, 12 to 15% bid, KJ Osborne, as long as Adam Thielen is out, he's someone who I'm making sure I get into my lineup, um, at least as a wide receiver three. Looking next to the tight end position, the first tight end we're going to take a look at is Denver Broncos tight end Albert Okuebunam, who is rostered in 1% of leagues in Week 14. Uh, Okuebunam and the Broncos defeated the Detroit Lions 38-10. In Week 15, they get a game against the Cincinnati Bengals, but in that game, Albert O caught all five of his targets for 41 yards and a touchdown. He finished with 15.1 fantasy points, which is good for the tight end four overall, and also his highest scoring week of the season. Uh, Okuebunam scored his first touchdown since week one uh, and last week's win over the Lions. We know that he is a talented second-year tight end who is capable of putting up these big weeks when given the chance. The problem is that he also plays with Noah Fant, who we know is a very good uh, tight end as well, a very talented tight end, which will often lead to the two kind of cannibalizing one another on any given week, especially with Fant seeing more of the overall snaps and targets. But he did have a good week against the Lions. He has gone for double-digit points twice this season, uh, which include which is really two times over the last five weeks. Um, and we know that he can play well when given the chance to against some bad defenses that allow a lot of points to fancy tight ends, which both the Bengals and the Las Vegas Raiders do, which is who the Broncos happen to be facing over these next couple of weeks. So uh, when it comes to Albert O., this is, you know, we're talking streaming tight ends here. If you're talking about, again, free agent tight ends on your waiver wires, you're really talking about guys you're looking to stream. Albert O's floor is always going to remain pretty low as long as Noah Fant is healthy. Um, in the last five games, Albert O has scored a six and a half points or more in three of those games. Uh, and then he went for five or less in the other two games. So we know what we're getting when we're putting Albert O in, but what we're also kind of banking on when we're streaming him is someone who is going to um, perhaps give us a week if he happens to find the end zone or just see a decent um, day through the air. Over the last five games, he's averaged 3.8 targets per game. That's not particularly strong, but with, again, two of those games, he went over double-digit fantasy points. If he happens to get you in either of these games against the Bengals or the Raiders, he's likely returning you a top-12 fantasy week with that production. So if you're looking to stream a tight end, if you're desperate, I would not hate Albert Okuibunam in weeks 15 or week 16 against the Bengals or Raiders when I know that it could just take a few targets um, that turn into receptions for him to really turn in another otherwise solid week. I'd be doing probably about a 1-2% to fab bid on him. I don't think he's anyone you have to break the bank for with whatever you have remaining. The next tight end we're going to look at is going to be Cleveland Browns tight end Austin Hooper, who is rostered in 41% of leagues. He and the Browns, again, are coming off a 24-22 to home win against the Ravens in Week 14. In Week 15, they get the Las Vegas Raiders. In that win over the Ravens, Hooper caught 5 of 7 targets for 30 yards and a touchdown. He finished with 14 fantasy points, which was good for the tight end 5. Overall, um, part of what kind of boosted Hooper up a little bit was the fact that he was really the only healthy tight end the Browns had on its roster with both uh, Harrison Bryant out with an ankle injury and David Njoku landing on the COVID list. This kind of resulted in Hooper seeing a season high uh, in targets this season with 10 that tied a previous week's high as well as his five receptions um, and then he did find the end zone for his third touchdown of the season. So um, in week 15 the Browns get a Raiders defense that is currently allowing the second most fancy points to opposing tight ends. I think when it comes to Austin Hooper and considering him for week 15 
15 against the Raiders will really just be whether or not either Brian or Njoku or both of those tight ends are back. Even if one of them is out, I think that Hooper gets a slight boost to his overall numbers, not a ton. But again, the Raiders are allowing a ton of points to opposing tight ends. There's no reason to think that Austin Hooper couldn't produce again if given the opportunity to um, with these other tight ends being out. Again, Harrison Bryant and David Njoku. I would think that if I had to guess right now, Njoku is almost certainly going to be back um, in light of him being on the COVID list. That usually being no more than a a 10-day thing for most players and and for some even less than that if they're vaccinated. Bryant with the ankle injury I think is a little bit more iffy, but even if that's the case, I think that Hooper at least has a chance to maybe do something again for back-to-back weeks against the Las Vegas Raiders. So if he's available and you need him, I would be doing, you know, again, a 1-2% fab bid on him, viewing him as a streamer who may be able to present a little bit of upside in this Week 15 playoff matchup. Now we're going to get into our Super Sleeper portions of the show, and the first player who we're going to look at is Cincinnati Bengals running back Samaj P. Ryan, who in Week 14, he and the Bengals lost 26-23 to to the San Francisco 49ers. In Week 15, they hit the road against the Denver Broncos. In that loss, P. Ryan rushed four times for 11 yards, but caught four or five targets for 22 yards, and finished the day with 7.3 fantasy points, which is good for the running back 50 overall. Now, we know that Rotoviz is the home of 0RB. We know that we are actively trying to constantly plan ahead, uh, again, in the event of chaos and just the fact that football is a physical sport where, unfortunately, injuries happen to good players. We're trying to play ahead of that and hope that if something were to happen, that we are in the best position to succeed. So uh, when it comes to me and, and playoff teams, I am specifically looking to add players who I think could have added value in the little three-week stretch that I need. We know that Joe Mixon has not always had the cleanest bill of health. He has been banged up at times during this season, which included a neck injury in week 13 that for a while looked like it might limit him in week 14 against the 49ers. That didn't really end up being the case, but in these upcoming weeks, the Bengals get the Broncos, which is a rather tough matchup, but then they get games against Baltimore and Kansas City to close out the season, uh, at least in terms of fantasy playoffs, which I think could make for some solid matchups for uh, P. Ryan should something happen where he is suddenly thrust into the starting role. Um, this season, P. Ryan has rushed 50 times for 212 yards and one touchdown. He has also caught 22 passes for 167 yards and another touchdown. So he has been an otherwise decent player when called upon uh, by the Bengals, who are a pretty good offense in general. They, they've done well this season. They've exceeded everyone's expectations. I really like having P. Ryan on my bench if he's available to stash, and I was actually surprised to see that in Yahoo leagues, he again is only rostering 18% of leagues. So he is probably out there. He is probably one of the higher upside running back handcuffs if something were to happen to Mixon. I think he's an excellent play in terms of a stash um, on your roster if you can afford it just in case something were to happen. Hopefully you're caught planning ahead and not trying to play catch up. And for our last super sleeper, the player who I want to kind of draw some quick attention to is Chargers running back Joshua Kelly. He is currently rostered in 0% of leagues in week 14. He and the Chargers defeated the Giants 37 to 21. In week 15, they get a game against the Kansas City Chiefs. In that win over the Giants, Kelly rushed 10 times for 33 yards and no touchdown while also catching his lone target on the day for five yards, finishing with 4.8 fantasy points and has their running back 41 overall. Uh, Kelly, to a lesser extent, is another player who I'm just looking to stash through the fantasy playoffs or for at least a couple of weeks. Um, in particular, up through week 16, where in week 16, Kelly and the Chargers get a matchup against the Houston Texans. So if something were to happen there where Kelly finds himself thrust into a starting role in week 16 against the Texans, he's a player, again, who I'm just planning ahead of time to have. Um, I think that the fantasy playoffs can largely be won by trying to plan ahead of your opponents. So uh, just, you know, this is how I think. This is how my brain kind of operates. I, I know that things 
things can happen at any given time. I'm trying to take as many calculated shots on I as I can on players who I know I maybe don't necessarily need this week, but I think they may present themselves as values if I have them a week ahead of something happening where suddenly they find themselves to be starters and I'm no longer competing against the rest of my league mates for that player by already having him stashed. On the year, Kelly has rushed just 21 times for 74 yards. He has also caught four passes for 24 yards. He's not done anything to really amaze us at this point in time, but I think that if something were to happen to Austin Eckler, who has been nursing an ankle injury over the last couple of weeks, I think that Josh Kelly could possibly be the one thrust into a a, uh, a starting role and at the very least could potentially return um, a top 24 week if not if for no reason other than just volume alone. I don't think Kelly is any kind of player you're going to have to do any kind of crazy bidding on. If you wanted to do 1% to 2% just to get him, I think that's fine. You could probably get him with 0% fab if you really wanted to. If you're a new listener and want to learn all about the amazing tools and articles over at Rotoviz, be sure to head on over to rotoviz.com and subscribe to the website. New subscribers can save 10% at checkout by using promo code RVRADIO2021. That is going to do it for today's Waiver Wire Rider podcast. Be sure to subscribe to Rotoviz Radio wherever you listen to your podcasts and leave a review. That always helps us out. Once again, my name is Zachary Kruger. You can find me on Twitter at ZK underscore FFB. Thank you for tuning in to today's show. And until next time, I wish you good luck and a good day. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.